Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter, Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to amyrolinson.com and sign up right now. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Charlie Lawson. Charlie, welcome. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it is. It is. It's my pleasure, I'm sure. Or my pleasure too. We can both, <laughs> both both be pleasurable. Yeah. Let's not argue about it. <laughs> so tell me, Charlie, what is it you're up to at the moment? Well, aside from the obvious of recording a podcast, now I'm sure that's not the answer you were asking. <laughs> uh, no, what am I up to at the moment? I, I help people to network. That's that's my thing. Uh, that's that's what I like to do. I particularly help professional services to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I help people to network. If I'm not doing that, then I'm probably going to be uh, running, swimming or biking in a triathlon or keeping an eye out on where Spurs are in the Premier League. That That's that's the stuff that keeps me uh, keeps me pretty, pretty occupied. Amazing. So it's a busy life. Yeah, no, I, I didn't even mention the kids there. That's just just terrible. <laughs> Other half, no, I didn't mention them as well. Oh god, I'm, I'm in trouble. Um, yeah, no, lots lots to keep keep me busy. Uh, I, uh, I I'm not one for sitting around and you know uh, I, I can picture jobs back in back in the day where it wasn't maybe where I was you know I wasn't on a defined professional path at that time. Maybe a temporary job of some kind and. Days where you're kind of watching the clock and filling the time. Oh no, I, I can't can't cope with that at all. No, I like to, like to be busy. The diary's busy. Um, uh, I, I like to keep myself keep keep myself uh, doing stuff definitely. And it was interesting. I, I wasn't going to ask, you know, because you, you might not want to have talked about uh, the other side of of life, the personal side, but uh, you brought it in, so it's all good. Well, I think it's fundamental, especially given what I do. So, okay, I teach people to to network and how to get referrals. Uh, that that's the main thing I do. But uh, one of the biggest bits of advice I'll ever give people is, okay, usually it's in a business context. You know, we're trying to promote our business, or we're trying to, you know, you go to a business network event, or you spend time on LinkedIn, or whatever whatever it might be, and that's obviously a quote business activity. Um, but actually when we're trying to get to know people, it's the person behind them that really counts. So I think that's really fundamentally important. And I'll, I'll encourage you. So I was on a call uh, shortly before we did this recording, uh, call with a prospect. And I was sort of talking to him about this kind of stuff. And so I said, well, go on, let's, let's try it out now. And I always ask the question, imagine you've got a free day. You've got nothing, no responsibilities to anyone. You could do whatever you like. What would you do? And he goes, I'd run a try, I'd do a triathlon. And yeah, that's manners from heaven for me. I've already said I love a triathlon. So immediately we're off, and we're just and I, I, we kind of have to say, look, I only we only had a bit of time for this call. I could chat about triathlon all day, um, but you know, he's like, I get the point. What we're doing is just connecting as people. When you connect as people and you find out what's behind them, I, I hate it when people put those posts up on LinkedIn and say this is really one for Facebook, but. I wanted to share something personal about. No, share it because that's what counts. It's it's what it makes such a difference. So, 
Imagine you've got a free day. <laughs> Where'd you get that one from? <laughs> oh, but seriously, in terms of, would you be doing what you're doing? Okay, so what you mean? Would I would I be doing what I'm doing professionally? Like, if 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 I could have it all my way, I'd be a Formula One racing driver, and uh, that that would definitely be what I'm doing. But I I think I've missed the boat on that. Uh, that's not going to happen. No, I'm not not being serious. I I would have loved to have been definitely. That would have been really cool. Um, but you know, I'm six foot five. I wouldn't fit in the car. That's 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 just. I've just got to let that pipe dream go. No, would I be doing what I'm doing? I think I would. Um, there, there's bits and pieces that I do in my life. Um, so in the last two years, my life and professional life in particular has has changed completely. I've gone from a position where I was running a business uh, and had been for a number of years. I was I was in that business for. 18 19 nearly 20 years and we sold the business and I'm doing different things in my life now some of that is is a set up a different business and doing doing similar sort of stuff but that's around the networking but equally at the same time I've made, been able to spend more time with family been more uh, spend more time doing triathlons definitely do that um I've been able to do other things in my life like voluntary stuff I think volunteering is so important. And I think it's what makes local communities go around. And I've got a number of things that I do and I've got the time to do it. And it's absolutely fantastic to do. But would I be doing what I'm doing? I think I would, jokes aside about being a, being a Formula One driver, because I, I guess the business that I was involved in, so it was a business called BNI. It's um, many listeners may have may well have heard of it. It's an organization that helps small businesses to grow. Uh, and some people love it, some people hate it. And that's, I'm not here to make judgments on that at the moment, but it definitely works and makes a difference for people, can't speak, um, because it's all about how they can help people. How, you know, what goes around comes around. That's that's essentially the, the, the way it works. They call it giver's gain. Um, you know, in, in life, we call it what goes around comes around. And the more you can help people, the better. And I just, I love helping people. And when I, I love a cause-based business, something that, you know, gets people thinking how to you know well your podcast is is all about the why isn't it and that's really what it what it's uh, what it focuses on um i love seeing people having been an unnatural networker myself and i correct myself i still am an unnatural networker myself to see people who out there in the big wide world who struggle with social interaction struggle with being able to bring business in and they need to do that because they need to promote the business they've got to put food on the table all those all those things that you know require us to go and do networking even if it's because we've been told to by our boss by the way um I, I i love seeing people you know with the light bulbs go on and they go actually i can do this and i guess as the unnatural networker who teaches people who are of the same mindset I, I think i probably would be doing that that's a very roundabout way of getting getting to, to, to the answer i guess there but yeah no i think i would and what would you say are the qualities of an unnatural networker well i definitely i mean the the, the classic thing would be to, to think of the word introvert now i appreciate that there are extreme forms of extroversion and introversion and there's a scale there and i'm not necessarily talking about the the the, the far extremes but i'll give perfect example of how i how i, I mean it's, it's my life constantly I go to a social event, and I mean a social event. This is with friends, maybe family, friends, whatever, whatever it is. I still get the pangs of nervousness when I walk in the door of a social event, one where I know various people there as well. I mean, clearly, I, I went to an, uh, uh, an event in the summer with uh, with Hannah, my other half, and it was an old school friend of hers. It was a silver wedding anniversary. They did get quite young, but it still made me think, Oh, getting on in life a little bit silver wedding 25 years um 
and I literally knew no one there apart from apart from Hannah. And that was, well, it felt like I was at work, honestly. It, it, it just, it, it felt hard. I, it, it really struggled to get, you know, the motivation to go and do it, honestly. Being quite frank, give me a choice of going to, now we're at a, a, a business thing, but give you the choice of going to a business networking function or hanging out with my mates, I'd rather hang out with my mates. That's just the way it is. And I guess a lot of people look at networking like that. They just... It's not, they don't find it easy to talk about themselves. They don't find it easy to go up to strangers and talk to them. They don't find it easy to promote themselves. Um, so, yeah, these are the sorts of characteristics I see amongst uh, unnatural networkers. And you described that hangs of nervousness. Yeah. What is it you were nervous about? Oh, there's a litany of uh, examples. I need to go get, get have some therapy. Use this as a therapy session. That's definitely what I need. Um, now, what am I nervous about? You know, am I going to say something stupid? Is no one going to want to talk to me? Is am I going to stand out like a sore thumb if I put my head above the parapet? Um, am I going to, you know, say something that's in some way stupid? Not not necessarily stupid. I'll give you a good example. Um, we were all on WhatsApp groups, and I remember. Um, Going back when WhatsApp was first around, um, a group of my, uh, they're all old school friends, actually. There's a group of us that are still quite tight. Obviously, there's now many other halves and kids and all sorts have joined in joined in, in the, the group. But the, the we had a WhatsApp group going and it was one of the, it was the first interaction I'd had with WhatsApp. Was, you know, it's so commonplace now. We, we, we have it all the time. You have a million WhatsApp groups on your phone, I'm sure. Um, but this is the, literally the first one. And I've always struggled to put post things on that. And let's be clear, these are close friends. They're people I've known for way longer than I care to, 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 to try and remember now. And I still find it a bit, if I put something on that group, I think, oh, they're judging me. Oh, what, what, are they, what are they thinking about what I've said? It's it's those kind of things. Now, I know rationally they're, they're mates. They want to hear from me, <laughs> you know, and it's it's just the same when you go to, a, to an event or a social occasion. I know rationally... When I think about it, actually, yes, of course, people want to meet me. Of course, people want to want to, to see me there. But it doesn't necessarily help in the moment. And I, I, I guess I get well. I get a lot of people say, "Look, just that that awkwardness of if, you know when you go into a room at a network event, you walk in the door. Maybe there's a sort of sign in area or something like that, and then the, there's the people over there, congregate wherever over there is. And there's always lots of buzz and energy because there's lots of people talking. Obviously, you know, I always think, I think everyone looks like they know what they're doing. And I'm the only one that doesn't. Now, obviously, rationally, if I think about it, five minutes before when they walked in, they probably felt very similar. But yeah, that, that's that's the kind of challenges that I, uh, I face. And it's interesting, isn't it, when you walk into a room and, and you're making all of these different assumptions and your mind's working so fast and it's conjuring up all these different scenarios. And yet... Say, for example, we both walked into a room and we didn't know anybody else in that room. And then we we started chatting. Somebody who was walking in at the signing desk would just make the assumption that we knew each other. Yeah, definitely. And and, and like I say, people, people always feel like they know what they're doing. And but, but the reality is everyone's there just to meet people. Everyone's there just to, you know, we're all there to do the same thing. And we think that people are making all these judgments. And OK, yes, if we you know, spilt food all down our shirt, then people might make a bit of a judgment about it. Of course they will. But most of the time, they're not making judgments. They're just worried about their own stuff. Uh, and actually, if we just remember that, then we can have a, we can actually have some lovely conversations. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And even if he did spill food down the front of your shirt, everybody would be thinking, thank goodness it was him and not me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can you tell I'm speaking from personal experience? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in terms of, of that and, and having that sort of experience happen to you, what then came as a result of that? Well, look, in the end, it's, what's funny is that I now teach people how to network. And it was always a big thing. Okay, I used to run BNI, the one of the world's biggest networking organizations. And I was this unnatural networker. I now do it, as I say, is my own business now. And I teach people how to network. And, you know, you might think, well, there's an elephant in the room there. I mean, hang on, if I want to go and get networking, right? why would I go and do it from someone who is very open about the fact that they do struggle a bit with it. Now, I let's let's just clarify. I don't struggle with how to network. I know very well how to network. And once I get into a conversation, I look 99.99% of people can have a conversation with someone. It's, it, it's not they're not it's not something that we we can't do because we we do do it the, most of the, well, the whole time. But I I use a silly example here. Imagine you uh, take a professional chef, okay? And let's say you were using a professional chef. You watch him on TV and you were going to use that as your means to learn how to cook. Now, I don't know how how good at cooking you listening to this, but no judgment there. I'm not brilliant at it, definitely. Um, But if I were to try and learn how to cook from a professional chef, you see, you, and it's it's a bit of this in here, a bit of that. You know, it doesn't seem to be any measurement of anything. It's just like in it goes, mix it all up. Probably a lot of butter in there. That's usually what what seems to happen with professional chefs, and yeah, it tastes lovely, I'm sure. Um, but they, they create this wonderful creation. I, as an unnatural cook in this case, would be none the wiser about what to do. You know, you really need. Here's the thing: a lot of experts in any topic, anywhere are passionate about the topic um and I'm, I'm not passionate about the topic as i've hopefully made clear and it means i'm speaking from the same perspective i've got a bit of empathy with it i remember one of the first speaking opportunities i ever had uh, when i got booked as a speaker for the first time and i was there to go and talk about networking and there were two speakers on that that day i was the second one on and the first one it being a network event was talking a bit about their perspective on networking if you like and I was thinking, I was sat in the, in the audience and sort of, in fact, I was pretty pacing nervously at the back because it was the first time I'd, I'd, I'd done done anything like this. And he started talking about networking. I thought, oh, God, am I going to have to change what I'm saying? This, you know, I was going to talk about this. I was going to, I was thinking, can I subtly try and change my slides? I was like, no, no, I can't try and change my slides. That would be, that would be really awkward. Anyway, he started uh, regaling us with a story about a networking faux pas of his. And he, he basically, he'd, he'd been quite targeted. He'd sort of got a, a list of delegates before the event. And he said, right, there's the person I need to speak to. Got to the event, saw that person at the other end of the, the other side of the room and basically charged over and said, right, hi, I introduced himself and and, and, and wanted to, to get to know him. The faux pas being he'd interrupted a conversation. That was that was the, the point he was making. I was sat in the audience, or as I say, pacing nervously at the back. And then I realised, I'm okay because you know what? I wouldn't have had the guts to go up to that person in the first place. So, as I say, the what being an unnatural networker has given me actually is a fantastic way to be able to to help others. Because, as I say, most people go for advice to people who are passionate about the topic, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're the right person to help them. You actually need someone who's gone through the same journey, and I, I think that's that's if you like my usp of within 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 network the unique point about me is 
actually don't like networking. And while that may seem like an elephant in the room first, really, actually, that's that's what makes makes me, you know, really helpful for people. Is it that you don't like networking in its entirety or are just elements of it? I think it's probably elements of it. Honestly, when you get into a conversation, you have a good conversation and you start talking about, you know, with me, triathlons, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's something that, you know, you can actually have a lot of fun. And here, here's my thing about it. Actually, I think the biggest challenge that most people have with networking is the word networking. Literally, the spell it out. Any, e, oh, I shouldn't have tried to spell it out. That was a bad error. N-E-T-W-O-R-K-I-N-G. It's the word that's the issue. because. If you think about it, well, all networking is is talking to people and building relationships. Think about it for a sec. Do you have any friends who you go for <laughs> for dinner with? Do you sit with a client over a coffee sometimes? Do you go and have a drink with some? Well, you know, all in all of those, you know, even in the supermarket when you just have to bump into someone you know, what do you do? You talk to them, and over time, when you keep talking to people and keep seeing people, you know, you build relationships. The thing is, no one has a problem with having some friends around for dinner and having a chat with their friends because we don't look at it as networking. In the end, it's actually the same thing. Maybe a different goal, maybe a different, you know, reason for doing it in the first place. But it's exactly the same thing. It's the word networking that, that causes people an issue. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's there's. There's plenty that people can take into it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I definitely don't like some parts of networking, and I'll always be unnatural. Um, you know, the, 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 it will always be a bit of oh, really. Do I have to go to that event and walk into a room of people I don't know? I'll always feel slightly awkward, but I'll always get into that situation. And go, you know what? Actually, it's fine when you get get into a chat. And yeah, there's when when it becomes no one goes networking to make friends, but when you are doing fun stuff and having good conversations and having a laugh, honestly, that's when networking becomes enjoyable. Do you have a word that you would relabel it as? It's a good question. I should have should, should have one of those. I, I, no, quick, quick answer. No, I don't. Um, but you've given me some good thoughts and I, I, I might, well, might well come up with one. Um, yeah, what would I relabel it as? I, I, honestly, I, I want to make it something towards having fun fun and that's that's what describes you know you think of the people you have a good close relationship with you'll have fun with them you'll have shared experiences where you have fun you'll have conversations where you have a good laugh about something it becomes fun so i i would want it probably to be i, I may need to perfect it exactly what the, what the word is but yeah I, something around fun i think that's that's so so crucial and you mentioned earlier about having a cause-based business and mm. What you're doing, you, you described it as helping people to network and how to get helping them to get referrals. So is the work you're doing, it's not about the networking at all. It's about what you're allowing your clients to then be able to do with their businesses and what that then goes on to create. So it's the ripple effects that you're creating, which is Definitely, yeah, no, it's, it's it's the, I guess, if you think of the the why, the how and the what, I'm you know what do I what what do I help people do? I help people to network more effectively to do it. How do I do it? Well, I train them and focus on how to do it. But why do I do it? It's because it frustrates me to see people who uh, have such great gifts. I mean, how many times do you hear someone someone say something like, "I'm I'm really good at what I do," but there's other people who just seem to get more attention or seem you know more comfortable to shout about themselves. 
um yeah who, who who get the opportunities so yeah seeing people get those opportunities i i just love seeing that so yeah that that's that's the why for me and focusing on the why bit seeing people and who've got these incredible gifts and you you get frustrated from them not being what is it exactly that's happening well i think <laughs> I, I, I'm going to turn to my, I'm, this is actually quite ironic um, because uh, I'm going to promote myself. And I, I not only call myself an unnatural network, I call myself an unnatural promoter. And the title of my second book, appreciate this is on audio, but I'm I'm showing Amy this just for the, for the purposes, is my second book, The Unnatural Promoter. And the subtitle of The Unnatural Promoter is how anyone, emphasis on the anyone, can blow their own trumpet without feeling awkward. And uh, the, the day I realised I was an unnatural promoter was the day that my first book, The Unnatural Networker, came out. I'll tell you, tell you the story quickly. It's quite funny. So this is when I was in, in my BNI days. Um, I, I, as I say, I ran ran BNI nationally. And in the nas- in the office that we had there, um, we had a, 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 a room that we used for training. I guess it would be been what it was, but it'd been converted by the team into a, a launch party for for the book for the Unnatural Networker. And the team had done a wonderful job. They'd made it look great. It was an after work do. So people turning up sort of half five, six ish, a uh, bit of networking. They'd hear me speak bubbles, you know, canapes, love, done a really nice job. Um, and it comes back to that point we were talking about, um, you know, my rational thoughts were not, were overtaken by my panicked thoughts. Where was I at five to six when the you know the event with people were there? You know, I was due to start speaking probably at, at just past six or something. Where was I at five to six? Uh, and a, a panicked team came scurrying around trying to find me. I was upstairs hiding in the office, supposedly catching up with some emails. I, I don't know. I probably wasn't doing anything, but I was just awkward and felt do i have to come and talk about that it wasn't just the fact it was a networking event on that on that occasion and again like i said rationally i know i know that people wanted to be there i know that people wanted to hear my experiences of how i'd written a book i know they were keen to get a picture with me or for me to sign a copy or whatever it might be i still just felt awkward having to to shout about myself to, to promote myself and you see a lot of people who who are like that um you know and i think the the, the two books, if you like, are almost, I mean, they're not fiction, but if they were, then The Unnatural Promoter is the prequel to The Unnatural Networker. Because what The Unnatural Promoter says is, look, if you don't feel comfortable shouting about yourself, get a good network around you and they'll do it for you. Because when you've got your raving fans, they'll they'll shout about you. And then The Unnatural Networker gets into how you really, how you can really leverage that once you've, once you've got that network going. So yeah, that, that, that's, that's my take on being an, an unnatural promoter. Yeah, I love it. And and it is it is awkward talking about yourself at times, but it's it's the framing and understanding that the purpose behind it, you know, the, the understanding of what it's going to unlock for others, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and when you when you do look at it from the point of view of how you can help others, you know, sometimes I, I think, you know, do I want to put myself forward for this? But you actually think no. There are people on this earth who need what I've got to say. And as big headed as that feels me just saying that right now, it, it feels strange for me to say it, even though I know you've asked me the question and we're, we're having, and it's the right things. It still feels awkward, but there are people who need your service. Uh, and however much you might feel awkward about telling people about it, they need it. You've got to get it out there. And that's, that's one of the, 
challenges I have with my life is, you know, I've started a new business in the last year and I've had to tell people about what I'm doing. And I promise you, those posts feel awkward, just like it does when I'm posting on my friend's WhatsApp group. It feels slightly awkward because are they judging me? What are they going to think? All that kind of stuff. But now you've got to do it. And I think posting on uh, LinkedIn's the primary social platform that I use, that's one I've gone through a real journey on. A couple of years ago, I hardly ever posted on LinkedIn. Um, I now post very regularly on LinkedIn, and I've become more comfortable. It doesn't mean I find it easy, uh, but it's that's a great it's a great case study of how you can how you can become more comfortable with it, and you start to see some results from it as well, uh, which is which is which is fantastic from my point of view. And in respect to the journey that you've been on, is that part of life as well at this time of your life? Yeah, it is. I mean, if, I, I think I've been asked many times where this slight awkwardness to promote myself and awkwardness to um to go and you know go up to strangers and, and, and so forth comes from and like, i'm not great with memories from my early life but the 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 time i can picture that this makes the most sense i i'm, I'm not going to try and say this is absolutely 100 cast iron guarantee where this all comes from but the, the picture that makes the most sense and it's something i've been working on in my life ever since it takes me back to when i was sort of teenage years late teenage years um so you know 16 17 18 that sort of time and in our family dynamic um so i had uh two sisters uh one older one younger and it is absolutely true that middle children have it the hardest I, I, I don't know if you can corroborate that but I, I definitely say it's the case um and then my mum and dad and the, the the scene I picture is a sort of weekend meal so a more slightly more so it's not like in the week when everyone's rushing to get off and do whatever they need to do it's it's at the weekend uh you know it's a bit more time we're having a having conversation about whatever might be going on um I, I i don't know why but i always picture it at maybe sort of winter time where the nights are drawing in it's that sort of cold outside but cozy inside and the kitchen is always the hub of activity in any any family and it was it was any household and it was the same for us as well and the conversation would often be started by my elder sister so she's called anthea she's super bright super intelligent uh, she's been very successful in she what she does and she would often raise something it would have been i don't know whatever's going on in the world that particular time or whatever it was and often it'd be my dad that would engage uh with her and i'm not saying it would necessarily be an argument but it would definitely be strong opinions and sometimes it would be an argument sometimes it wouldn't but it'd definitely be it would the conversation would escalate my younger sister would come in my mum would come in but there was always one person who didn't and that was me and i was my role was probably in my family was to sit in the corner and being honest take the mic <laughs> say, say say something funny that's 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 what that was that was my role and it wasn't necessarily because i mean sometimes i didn't necessarily know enough about the conversation to really contribute but most of the time i did it wasn't like i didn't have the confidence because they were the people in you know they were my family i mean the, 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 you wouldn't know anyone better but i still didn't really want to put myself out there and it, it came, you know, picture the time that was 16, 17, 18, that sort of time. It's the sort of time when you're getting out and about. You you want to you want to meet people. You want to meet, uh, uh, you know, members of the opposite sex. And in, in my case, you know, I didn't have the confidence to go and do it. And honestly, just as an aside, the number of parallels there are between networking and dating is unbelievable. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, so, so a whole nother topic. But I didn't have the confidence just to go up to people and, and talk to them. Um, so... Yeah, that that's where it feels like it derives from in terms of where that's where that why comes from. And when I see people who 
struggle with it, getting themselves promoted or struggle to go up to people to, to strangers and talk to them. Um, yeah, that that's that's what I, I love seeing now. I, and I do it do you know you mentioned oh, does this come up in my normal life? It's yeah, it's not just in business. It is in in everywhere in in life. You know, sometimes you'll see something and good example this is my mum she's really good at blagging stuff she'll go and talk to anyone she's a very natural networker by the way and you know we might be at you know at something i don't know i can't think of a good example and she'll say oh i don't know the station or something like that and, and she'll blag a, an upgrade to to, to the, the first class seat because she's just prepared to go and ask i'll never go and do that i just won't um so yeah i, I definitely see it in my life on a regular basis and you mentioned earlier, Charlie, about how volunteering was so important and that yeah. it makes local communities go round. Yeah. What is it that you plough yourself into? Uh, there's there's various things, actually. Uh, and, and this is where it's been lovely that I've had the time to do it, having sold the business. Um, so uh, three main ones come to mind. One, I'm a governor at my, at my son's secondary school, and I just think that's such an empowering thing to do. Um, it was funny, actually. The so I only be, I got voted in as a governor last. What was it? it was about this time last year, so end of twenty twenty two, early twenty three. It was around then, uh, and I started in um, March twenty three, something something like that. Um, and awful, by the way, because I had to I had to put myself up for election, so I had to promote myself. <laughs> Nightmare, <laughs> terrible. I hated that. Uh, fortunately, I managed to, to to flag my way through somehow, um, but. Because I'm I'm quite keen and com- I'm keen with it. I think if you're going to volunteer for something, you you know do it properly. There's no point just doing it and 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 not getting stuck in. Also, because I do you know quite a lot of bit tra- training and speaking, I'm co- confident on my feet in front of a room. So at the start of this, the academic year just started in September 23. Um, all the year seven parents are new and they were there for a sort of get to know the school. And I said, Charlie, go go go. Talk to them about your experience of government. And I, I just literally stood up and I'd seen it done before because that's where I, I got attracted to, you know, the idea of being a governor in the first place. And it was all about the, the responsibilities. You've got to do this, got to do that, got to do that. And I was like, I just said, I love being a governor. It's just, it's so much fun, honestly, and it's empowering and it gives me a sense of real fulfillment that I give something back to the, um, to, oh, I mean, obviously, I want my son's school to be a good school, clearly, but. It gives me some a sense of satisfaction. You make a difference for people. So, and yeah, we had a bunch of people come from and say, "Hey, what's the new company?" They just love my my passion for it. So, yeah, that that's one thing I do. Um, I am a member of a local running club, and I've started volunteering, doing doing some running coaching. I've done a leadership and running fitness uh, qualification uh, with the England Athletics. Uh, I've still got the last bit to do with those, so I can't say I'm qualified yet, but I'm getting close. Um, so I, I do that, and I, I just I just love that. Um, and the other one I do, um, there's there's a, a place near me, a community project, I think you, you call it. And uh, it, they've, so I'm in Northwest London, so which is basically suburbia. And that, that's all there is around me. But there's this place called, uh, it, it's on basically in an old farm, basically in Cricklewood. Um, uh, and if you're in the Northwest London area, I don't know, give them a shout, give them a promote. You should come down and check it out. But, you know, you think of a sort of, it's not central London, but zone two London. It's quite a, you know, it's in the city, if you like. But there was a farm, there are these playing fields, and there's there's been 
various disputes as to whether they could get developed on in time. I, I hope not, because it's just lovely to have the, the green space. Anyway, the, the old farm buildings have, can be merged into community, community space. There's a cafe, there's um, gardens, there's um, workshops that go on there. My other half, she um, she's a, um, a ceramicist and she's set up a pottery studio. She teaches pottery there. There's, uh, there's a couple of other units that uh, uh, local businesses have taken. And I volunteer in the cafe um make trying trying to make coffees um i can i can, I can do a, a latte and a cappuccino i can manage those flat white much harder you different different you know, i'm getting there with that um but yeah i just i genuinely love doing things for the community i think i think it's so important and when you look around actually there's a lot of people who do small even something just really small do it for the community do it do it for for, for people around as i say it, it's what makes community good community communities go round. Uh, and I, 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 you know, working in the cafe, honestly, is the highlight of my week. I just do a couple of hours and it's the highlight of my week. I love it. Yeah, amazing. So in terms of focus on why, you've talked about the why behind your work. You've talked about the why behind your volunteering. And in terms of purpose, has it been something that you've consciously sought out or is it something that you've created and crafted? Um. I think it is something I'm pretty conscious about now. Um, I wouldn't say that's always been the case. I mean, when I was certainly when I was going through that experience I outlined at the dinner table with my family when I was 16, 17, I had no idea what was going on. I was just trying to think of something funny to say um, and vaguely contribute to the conversation. Um, but yeah, certainly when when during my time with BNI, we did a lot of work on on focusing on on why, and we did a lot of, on our purpose. You know, lots of organisations will have their very grand mission and vision statements and all that sort of thing, but I think much more important uh, is your purpose statement: why you do what you do. Um, and we got into um, working with the. We had a franchisee team, so we were we were running that team of sixty odd people, all all independent franchisees. Um, and we really got them onto the, the the subject of why, primarily using Simon Sinek, you know, start with why uh, type material. Your most listeners will, I sure, be relatively familiar with that. Um, so I think that's where it started. But and yeah, probably wasn't intentional before then. But since then, definitely, I'm I'm, I'm really looking for the why. And, and whenever I'm giving any sort of presentation, any sort of talk, any you know, trying to persuade someone, I'll always look to start with the why. I mean, good example is that. You know, when I was asked to promote the opportunity of being a school governor to to those new yes, you know, the year seven new parents at the school, I didn't come in with what it was about. I just, I just love it. It's just brilliant. I just focused on on why I do it. So yeah, I, th I think it's a, a fundamental part of of my life now. And that is the thing that yes, we're aware of Simon Sinek's and the start with why, and and that's how things get uh, sort of initiated. For me, the focus piece, the the continuation and and the evolution of the why is for just as important. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's 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 a constant process for sure. And uh, yeah, um, I, I guess yeah, if you look at Simon Zinni, he talks about that's very much about how you know you might um, sell something or you know describe your yourself or your product or your service, uh, whatever it may be. But yeah, it's it. it it, it, it's everywhere when when you think about it and yeah the more you can talk about it, and actually a good good point i talk about it in the book the unnatural promoter is one of the great ways to 
have a better network about them around you is to be really clear about your why you know it's much easier uh, and most people would you know would, would 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 do this if you're let's say you're standing up asking you know you're asking your network for help with something and you really like an introduction to a certain company just take that as an example and you say i'd really like this introduction because well that will help me to grow my business and make it make a difference yeah they might act on it sure i'm not not saying they wouldn't but it's much more well, much less compelling to say, look, I really want to help people who have this given situation. I'd really like to do this because that's powerful to me. I'd really like to help people who struggle to talk to strangers because I know the difference is made to me and what, what networking's done for me. Um, so I want to help other people like that. And so I'd like to speak to this company where there's lots of people who are in who find themselves in that boat. Yeah, it, it becomes much more powerful with with referral generation if you can if you can be really using your why and sharing it regularly you know the more you can share it you know that it's going to deepen a relationship when you're open and honest and you know you're you're truthful with people about what your why is that's helping illustrate a depth of relationship that will uh, make it much easier for people to to get to know you and want to help you and do you have a purpose statement that's a concise one at all like a mission and a vision statement but purpose statement that's a good question. You know what? I really should. Um, I don't. I don't for my new business. And you've given me. I've got. I've got a to do list now. After after this, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, though, where I, as I said, when I was working with 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 the franchise team in, in franchise ET in, in BNI, we we very very much focus on it and it would be something like this but it, it, that was more on a, a on a wider scale so we talked about developing people in business to change lives in rich communities um and that was why we did what we did now i'm not necessarily saying i'm going to change a whole community because that's 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 the nature of what bni was compared to what i'm doing now it's more about the individual person but to to change their lives and enrich their their their, their business that would that would still be the the the, the overall tenor of it would be would, would be the same and for you, Charlie, what would your life purpose statement be for you, for you yourself? Have fun. Don't worry about about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely have the don't worry about it in there because I I, I I definitely worry about too much stuff. And like we said before, it's not about what people are thinking. They're, they've got enough going on in their own plate. They're worrying about their own stuff, um, you know, in terms of that slightly shy nervousness that might, uh, might you might be thinking they're not thinking about that uh, there's lots of other things that they're thinking about um so yeah don't don't worry about it um i think that's uh um would be would have been there and definitely have some fun while you're doing it sounds like advice you'd give to your kids too right yeah definitely um you know i just i, I just love seeing when the kids do something I, you know I, proud parent moments any parent will will, will, will have that uh, an example of this isn't something necessary to be probably so proud about. Some people will definitely think that's not something to be proud about. My 14-year-old son has recently just massively got into to football. Now, he's always quite liked football, and I'm a football fan, as I, I mentioned before, uh, and I've probably been, you know, when he was very young, I was whispering sweet nothings about sporting Tottenham Hotspur, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to get infiltrative in some way. But recently, he's really, really got, in, got into it. A couple of things come to mind. There was a uh, time we were away with uh, my uh, my other half's family and Spurs were playing that night. And it was, for some reason, it was, I don't know why they put football on a Friday evening, but it was on a Friday evening. And I thought, well, I'm not going to get to watch it. Um, and, and Alfie was like, Dad, Dad, when are we going to watch the game? He, he's pushing me to what you know. He's just, he's just, you know. Whereas before, it was always me kind of saying, 
do you fancy it? You know, it was him saying, no, dad, we need to go and do it. But the other thing, the, the main one for me with him and his football is he's uh, joined um, a, a local football team. Uh, so for his age group. Uh, and at the weekend, I, I've done it a couple of times now, but the weekend they, they often play at uh, in Regent's Park in, in, in London where lots of teams around, you know, there's 15, 20 pitches or whatever, and lots of games going on constantly. And I, I just, I'm living vicariously through him and just seeing, seeing, seeing him because when I was young, I was crap at football. And so because you're rubbish at football, I didn't play. And that meant everyone else got better at it. And I'd stayed the same, still really bad at it. And then when I did, I did, when I was, I don't know, early 20s, I did start playing a bit. And I was okay. I'm not very good. I couldn't do very much. Would never score flashy goals, but I could do a job. And I just wish I'd just push myself to go and do it do it when I was when it was his age and now seeing him do it and really enjoy it and start to thrive in it his team won five nil at the weekend as well so that was that was that was very enjoyable um yeah I, I, I just that that my feeling of you know encouraging your kids to to do what's important to them I think is really powerful yeah and it gives you the community it gives you the sense of belonging gives you that team collective purpose as well yeah there's this there's a lot lot of benefit I mean okay some people will probably be you know, listen to this and go, oh God, he's on about football or whatever. But it, you know, you can apply it in in any any walk of life. And you're absolutely right. That that the team, the relationships that come from that, the sense of collective purpose, the accountability of being in a team gives there's oh, there's so much, there's so much that comes from that. Yeah, amazing. And and that's the thing, isn't it? I, I don't see it as being a vicarious. I see it as a gift, you know, to give your children opportunities that you perhaps didn't take yourself so yeah no, that's true but I, i'm definitely living it vicariously as well because <laughs> you know i'm just heading every ball and you know just you know just oh, just love watching you do it it's, it's brilliant well it's a, a connection isn't it it's a great yeah. i mean I, i've i've loved watching my children's play sport and you know they're both away at university so i don't get to see them play directly as much anymore which is a shame yeah. but uh yeah it's it's an incredible incredible yeah. thing to have a privilege to have so definitely. enjoy while they're still at home yeah. and around <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Charlie, it's been an absolute pleasure. And if anyone is thinking about how to connect to you as the unnatural networker, the unnatural promoter, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, two places. Uh, LinkedIn is definitely where I, I mentioned it before. Definitely uh, on there regularly. So just look up Charlie Lawson, uh, and you'll see you'll see unnatural success. That's uh, that's that's me all over the place. Uh, the other one is just uh, the website unnatural unnaturalsuccess.com. That's the very very easy way, way to get me. So yeah, LinkedIn or, or there is, is best way to do. It. And it's something we haven't actually spoken about is the unnatural success element. Can you just share with that with us what that's about? Yeah, that so that came from, I mean, you and I met at a, a professional speaking association uh, do and my time in the, the PSA, the, the thing I got out of it most, I, I love going to see to the big events and seeing some of the speakers that you have and learning learning from that uh, and the chance to put yourself in front of your peers that's terrifying but a great thing to do but the thing that's really came from the PSA was my mastermind group and I have a, a group of uh, there's five of us it's adapted slightly over time as one of you know people have dropped out done different things one moved away um one's uh, left uh, left the speaking profession but it, it, the core has been the same and we just uh, and the, the point of it's the same as well just to you know, build deep relationships that really help each other. And one of them said, you know, if you don't, this, I think this was this was a few years ago when I'd done the unnatural, I hadn't done the unnatural promotion at that point. All I had was the unnatural network. And I was looking to build a business over time. I was still with BNI at the time and thinking, you know, 
that was good for me and BNI, but it was also good to think what the future might look like. And she says, if you don't register the name Unnatural Success, you're absolutely mad. So I did it that day. Uh, and as soon as I was ready to set up the business, uh, yeah, I, I looked at, for the uh, uh, started Unnatural Success. So obviously I covered the networking and you know um, self-promotion elements. But over time, I'd like to create maybe a sort of Unnatural Success Academy. So you look at lots of different experts in different fields, but all of them have that same thing. They're not particularly passionate about what they do, but they get it across in you know in a way that helps people who who struggle with it. So um, I'm thinking the unnatural leader, the unnatural salesperson, the unnatural. Hey, let's go back to cooking. Unnatural cook, you know. Who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm joking, obviously, but yeah, that, that's what I that, where I see that's morphing into in time. But for the moment, I'm I'm getting it getting it going with the networking and uh, and uh, unnatural networking in particular. I love that. It sounds fantastic, and I look forward to to watching that journey go forward. So. Thank you so much for sharing your why you do what you do and why you are who you are and what you're up to. Do you have some final words, Charlie, for the listener, please? Uh, yeah, final words. Uh, don't worry about it. Just do it anyway. I think that's probably probably the best best way to sum it up. If, look, I'm, I'm saying that mainly to any unnatural networkers who are, who are listening to this. If it feels awkward, um, that's a good thing. Challenge yourself. Get out there. It, I promise you, networking is a learned skill. All it is, is talking to people and building relationships with them, as, as I said before. So, um, yeah, get out there and try it. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with always feeling slightly unnatural about it. Uh, hopefully it's perfectly obvious. I get that every time I go networking. Um, but, you know, in the end, they're just people and they want to meet you. They, they really do. Um, so just get out there and, and, and do it. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.